0: I'm your host, Marco Campiani,
1: and I'm your co-host, Ezekiel Kudin.
0: and today uh, is the end of the Let's Talk hiatus with our very special guest and our very special friend, Nori Ehrenfeld. Give it up. What's up, her.
2: baby? What's up, baby? Thank you for having me on behalf of the Academy my parents to be here, have made it. I mean, this is a fucking honor. My two best friends of my entire life. Let's get <laughs> this. All, All
0: right. right. That honor, I didn't know I was in there. <laughs> but um, uh, right now, I'm in Boston, Izzy's in Miami, and Nori is in the French Alps, because he's a fucking baller. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. What a baller
0: and this is our first remote um in uh let's talk podcast so thank you for tuning in wow um shit going global now it's
1: worldwide
0: and let's get into it um so like i feel like the, the question i've had on my mind for the last month is like so like what what was it why are you in Paris? Uh, why were you in Paris I and mean, your whole trip to France? I feel like you've been there for three years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know, I dude. Know. I feel I the know. same way.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I'm so fucking jealous. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Facts. Thank you, thank you.
0: So, uh, how how did that whole thing come down? Go down? Was it like impromptu?
2: Well, actually, um, it's not. Impromptu, it's kind of been in the talks because my girlfriend, Emma, uh, she has, her parents are divorced and her mom lives kind of everywhere uh, and has a house in every dope part of this planet. She has a house in like Vero Beach, which is like in Florida, not far from Miami. Um, And it's on the water and it's beautiful and in like ocean, like dreamland. Um, And recently she uh, bought a house in right outside of Paris, uh, and that's where her mom or she is, along with her two sons, aka brothers. Uh, and so she kind of was begging for us to come for the past couple months, and so was I. But Emma wanted to uh, stay in Miami for a little bit longer, and now we we be in France, you know, eating baguettes and shit, <laughs> fucking fucking up the croissants. Um. And it's, it's been a dream. I've been here now for, I would say, a month. And uh, I don't want to ever leave. I fucking hate the United States. That country sucks big. Um, other than the fact that Marco and Easy are in it. I don't want to go back. Thank you. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. So, um, how, how are the baguettes? I, I haven't been to Paris <laughs> in so long. But if there's one thing I remember or like just like the baguettes and just like being on the streets and all the smells and everything is just like hypnotizing
2: yeah dude the the baguettes are incredible um i'll give you my my favorite list right now of the best things in paris uh first of all the people i would say are the best because um sometimes they're pretty cuntish, you know like they're actually they can be dicks and i like that i like that there's this sense of like superficiality in the american ethos uh where we feel the need to be kind to one another all the time and i think that's so gay like it's good to experience like people being dicks every now and then uh it kind of refreshes you and coming i you know i've been like around the midwest of the us where everybody like invites you into their house for like pie and shit. and coming to paris for like people and even like say hi back to you it's great um and i would say besides that um my favorite thing I'm, I'm a vegan in america but and i've been a vegan for two years but the second i stepped off the plane in paris i tried salmon because uh, i i my, fa- my favorite thing about uh traveling the world is knowing that the food quality is like really good you know for the most part compared to miami or like i don't know anywhere else in the united states which i don't want to sound anti-american but i kind of am growing to become you're, that you're the freshness and like, like yes, dude. The freshness and I feel like I'm not eating something that was like slaughtered in like a uh, a wife beater. You Know what I'm saying? Yeah, no,
0: like that. Like if you want that in the U.S., you have to pay very like premium dollar.
2: Yeah, for sure. And like, fucking jail food in this country, I, I guarantee you is far more organic and like cared for than like Whole Foods. Or maybe not Whole Foods, but like Publix. I don't know. Um, I wanted to, I
0: wanted to like, like I, I, wanted to like respond to something that you said about like the attitude uh-huh. like, the French people have, like that sort of um, yeah, like cuntish, like unapologetic tone, and like yeah, like I get, I get that it's refreshing, especially like when you're in the U.S. Like, kind of the opposite, but like. I just, I don't like, I don't like how like, how like we just like have to go to like one side or the other, like, it's like Americans are like super fucking nice I and mean, then so it's like, they're like, fuck you. And so then they're gonna do like the opposite. They're like, come on. Like, Cause like, I, I mean, I, I lived in Italy for like four months where it was like, not as intense, mm-hmm. it's like, it's like they have a, a certain disdain towards like American tourists. yeah. Like, they, they will let you know that they could give less of a fuck if you're speaking to them right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like, and like, yeah, but like, dude, just because of like the tone of like my accent or like what like I sound like, like you're gonna treat me like that, like. Yeah.
2: Yo, I mean, it definitely borders on racism. Uh, and it, it, it does feel a little bit like <laughs> discriminatory at times because I'll, I'll tell you the story. On my second day in Paris, I'm just a young... You know, my first time in Paris, by the way, is right now. I've never been in France or anything uh, other than the airport, which I don't count. But um, literally my second day, I'm at a boulangerie and I'm, I'm trying to get like some almond croissants and shit. Uh, and I accidentally walk into uh, or walk in front of this old man so like I accidentally skipped him in line, which really I didn't at all have the intention of skipping him, you know, like that just happened. And um, I guess somehow he could tell I was American by the way I walked or something. And uh, and also I wear really colorful clothing, <laughs> like always. And uh, Parisians are uh, very low key in their attire, you know? So they're like all monochromatic black and I'm like a rainbow, well not sexually, but like I'm like a... <laughs> a rainbow walking yeah. around um I <laughs> thank you thank you uh and so he was like he grabbed me by the shoulder when i walked in front of him and like yanked me out of the store and was screaming at me <laughs> calling me like an american like a tourist terrorist <laughs> that's how i felt like i was being treated oh <laughs> my God. did you like it was just, so scary bro
1: did you understand what he huh? was saying or, or was it just like well,
2: um no i mean i i understand french in like a french three classroom in palmer trinity Hmm. where you know like shit's being read super slowly and i can appreciate like every letter but when (laughs) someone's screaming at you in like the middle of like the fourth arrondissement i feel like i'm getting like verbally assaulted in like a like klingon (laughs) you know
1: you probably were
2: (laughs) yeah
0: But yeah, no. I just like I, I I get why they're apprehensive and like why they they wanna like sort of like not let... cuz like sort of like Americans have the, the the connotation that they just like don't respect culture and like they just yeah. like, come in and do whatever they want and like and like yes, like that is very real, but like I don't feel like we should all like <laughs> Take like the heat for that. Like I feel like there, um, there's stay, uh, stay open. That's the only thing I was trying to say. But um, um
2: well, now that I'm I'm putting more thought into it, it's kind of funny because when Europeans were migrating to the U.S. in like the 19th, 20th, and or 18th, 19th, and 20th centuries, uh, they were kind of you know received with a whole lot of racism on you know from the american end uh so i don't know if that is any kind of like uh baggage they they feel the need to throw back at us coming to europe but i feel like there's this kind of distinct level of uh of like distaste because of i don't know it feels like they they are aware and uh are throwing back the hate in a way that they might maybe potentially felt was given to them i don't know that's a stupid theory but maybe. no no
0: i mean i'm sure it was like not only that instance that you said like like, like yeah like, i mean the us has definitely like rubbed like a lot of countries the wrong way just like yeah because like i mean from from our perspective it seems like you know like we have resources we were advanced and like we kind of know like what's best so we don't like and like we I feel like we have like somewhat like single minded pursuits. Like we don't mm-hmm. always like to think of every consequence that's gonna happen. But because of yeah that. and like that just causes us to like just like do shit around the world that like other countries get the short end of the stick with. Like and I'm sure like
2: Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Americans have this like hero complex, um which I would say originated from the genesis of the white man's burden you know throughout american imperialism and everything where the concept of like savory or saving things and being the saver of you know the tortured and the wretched cultures throughout the world and like that i think has morphed into this sort of individualized uh perspective americans have of like um being like the main character around the world you know and that they're the story and everything else around them is kind of playing for them in like their own movie um and i I think what i've noticed in 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 france is people are far less like focused you know on themselves and are far less ego ego egocentric and are more concerned about uh the community rather than their own hero complex, which like I said, I think America's more, well, I don't know. It's like stupid to make these kind of overgeneralized comments, but it's just from what I've noticed having crossed that's, both borders.
1: That's interesting because, um, I don't know, I like listened to some podcasts or something and they were like generalizing French people and like just France in general as being very like egocentric and like nationalistic in a way. And like, they don't like outsiders but it's interesting that that what from what you see like it's not really that or maybe it's just like against americans but like it's not it's not like they are like stupidly proud that they don't like allow other people to get into the country
0: i i think they're just like trying to preserve like with something that they feel is like special and like but at the end of the day like that has its like pros and its cons and like um can you restate the name of the thing that you were talking about the burden the white man's burden
2: can you yeah what you. like oh so i mean the white man's burden is like this historical philosophy that america has continuously um manifested um like for instance i don't know um you can, you can think of a hundred examples, and it's not just America that has used it. I mean, Europeans also throughout history have, I mean, one could argue that the basis of European imperialism is because of this deluded or delusional conscious that they think they are saving those who are, are less than, so they'll see these cultures in Africa where, you know, people might not be living in chateaus or, you know, like Victorian houses. Uh, and they think that these cultures need help need modernization and need uh gentrification uh and so the white man's burden is like the idea that white people throughout history have felt this deeply philosophical and uh, deeply subconscious need to repair less white cultures it's 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 a it's a a loose string I'm trying to attach to my experience in France and comparing it to American tourism here. I was just like kind of thinking, uh, you know, like out loud, but uh, I don't know, yeah.
0: That that makes me think of um, like the whole idea of like, like the whole, the difference between the word help and the word support. And like that was, that was explained to me on a service trip that I did. I'm not sure, I did a lot of service trips, but I'm not sure on which one it was. Um, but like, because like service trips kind of also have like this connotation among some people that it's like, how, like how many people that go on there are really going there to help? And like how many are going <laughs> there? because like, you know, it's like, it's required by school or it's like, like it's something to, I mean, I don't know how many people actually go there to post it on instagram but that's usually just what you end up seeing like i don't think that like a lot of people actually like do that unless they need it for like social leverage but on one of my sports mm-hmm. trips um our like head counselor was like explaining to us that we're not here to help these people we're not here to like save these people we're here to like we're we're, we, we're lucky enough to have more resource, resources resources on these people so we're gonna come ask them how can we support you and and then work with them to support them in any way that they that they think is is like beneficial to their community so it's more of like an involved it's more involved than just like oh we're gonna come in yeah um, mutual yeah it's more mutual there's more communication it's more like, yeah um
2: yeah um and i I think it's funny that you bring up service trips as we're talking about the white man's burden because i i i I think um if we look at them uh from that perspective uh, a lot of the boxes are checked um and it, it it it's funny uh in a lot of ways but I think what's most interesting is just like the concept of those in power so one could argue that the you know white girl from palmer is uh has a much more privileged and in in many ways powerful position in civilization than say the uh i don't know black boy in a un under whatever neighborhood in, in haiti you know um and thinking about those in power and how many decisions are made by those in power that are selfless, rather than seeking to, you know, just benefit, you know, like every decision, say uh, one would make while in power can, it's, it's impossible to think of making one without keeping yourself in mind. Um, and so, I don't know, I think at, in the end of the day, you know the, the Palmer girl is helping regardless. You know, so like we can we can look deep into uh, the conscious of her and like analyze what her intentions are and everything. But ultimately, nowadays I don't I don't find it uh, as apparent or clear like the white man's burden as it was centuries ago. But I think it's the point you were bringing up is really interesting about how the intentions are always kind of going to be convoluted to some extent.
0: Yeah. And yeah, I don't
2: know if that makes sense.
0: That, that's like, that's like a common like question or like dilemma in philosophy is just like, like the importance of intention versus outcome and like how much importance you give to either one and how the intention affects the outcome. Like you just said, like somebody that might not, that might have like a selfish intention can, can do service that is that the outcome is like beneficial to others, like just because her intention wasn't for the other people, like the result is still there. Um, but I, mm-hmm. I feel like the intention, the intention matters to like shape the attitude and like the tone in which you enter a situation. Like, yeah,
1: for sure. And I feel like um, being on the receiving end of like support or help, I've never personally been on the receiving end, but I mean, I feel like I would feel a lot better knowing that someone's here, like being of service to me, like from their heart, because they truly want to, instead of being there because it looks good on the resume or because it's gonna get them into college or whatever. I mean, at the end of the day, Nori, what you said, like it is true, Either, either way, like they're still helping them in a way but I think there's like there's a distinction between like imposing your help like which is kind of like what the what going back to the white man's burden that's kind of what what it is it's like they're not asking for help but like the the white man sees that they're in a underprivileged situation and they're like oh they need my help and then they use that as an excuse to colonize or whatever. Whereas in a service trip to Haiti, for example, like uh, being of service to someone is like doing what they need,
2: not what you think they need, you know? Um, yeah, and now that we're talking about this, I think back to uh, an assignment I was given in 11th grade um, by Miss Sidhu, who, uh, who was my English teacher and she had the assignment where we had to help someone in any way and like make a project out of it, uh, which I, I don't know if that's the exact, you know, like description of the assignment, but it was something like that. And um, I, of course, like many of my students went to lesser neighborhoods to <laughs> fulfill this assignment, um, which, um, I don't know, in itself is is kind of controversial or whatever, we could dive into that, but. What I ended up doing was I went um, to this guy, this like old black guy in Coconut Grove, who was like, who's been there for decades, uh, and he's just on his truck um, selling burgers and shit, um, you know, and that's like his life. And um, I went up to him, and I, I, my idea of helping him was to kind of market him and his truck to get more people to come. So like. I created an Instagram and like a Yelp for him and stuff, um, which, um, you know, is, is not as malicious at all uh, as some of the other projects that happened that year. Um, you know, and I think generally it's it's good, but the reason I'm bringing it up is because when I had talked to him, he, um, his name's Warren, by the way, he makes like the best chicken I've ever tasted. Um, chicken? He, <laughs> Yeah, it's like chicken and meat and shit on his truck. I don't know where the fuck he gets that meat from though. I don't really? I shouldn't be saying that. It's great. I thought you were vegan. Um, no, well, it, this was before my veganism. Oh, when did it start? Um, I think like soon after that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't think that's a coincidence though. <laughs> uh, and, so whatever, he was like telling me like, oh man, you know, he was super hesitant to work with me because The school near him, um, Ransom, has, you know, like, it's one of the wealthier schools in in Miami, maybe the wealthiest. And, uh, you know, he's told me how throughout the years he's had kids come up to him with this intense, uh, superficial intent of helping him. Uh, And after about a week after their project's done, he never hears from them again, you know. Uh, So they'll they'll come help him and, like, make posters for him and, like, I don't know do all these things for him, in a way, what I was doing, um, but kind of abandon him once they, you know, fulfilled their needs. Um, and I think that's uh, very relevant to what we're talking about. Fortunately, I didn't do that. I, I still talk to him and, like, his, his shit's still up on on the internet. You know? um, but, yeah, I just, I don't know, it reminded me. So I thought I'd bring it up. Yeah, yeah I, that,
0: that project definitely, like, I definitely like faked a lot of stuff, and like, I mean, like going driving around downtown Miami, handing out like three McDoubles, and like filming this guy with my phone. Like I've never felt like more douchey. Like <laughs> driving around like in an Audi. Like <laughs> exactly, <laughs> dude. <good.
2: laughs> um, yeah. Um. i have a question marco yeah you're you're in boston right now correct um what what school are you at again and what classes are you taking
0: um i am at emerson college and this semester i'm having to fulfill a lot of prereqs that i would have taken if i would have started freshman year here but since I did my freshman year elsewhere. I have like a bunch of just random classes that I have to do in order to move forward. So it's a lot of busy work. I'm taking a class called Intro to Speech Communications, which is just like a speech class. It's probably one of my favorite classes just because you get to you get to express yourself um, and okay. it's really funny.
2: He's um, dope. Um, Does Emission have um, art classes? Is it, I don't understand, is it like a, a liberal arts school? And uh, what kind of things you, or what do you want to major in, and stuff like that?
0: What, what do you mean by art classes, like just in general?
2: Well, because I, I know you took a, a time off of school working on a really great art project and a number of other things, I'm sure. Um, so I, I just wanted to see if you're interested in translating that <laughs> interested in translating that into um you know your school and maybe move further with your life in that direction
0: um so yeah um all right so my other three classes are like a literature analysis and like yeah literature analysis class then I'm taking a philosophy class and I'm taking um media history class, which those, those two kind of suck because the teachers are just like very, one of them is like completely like uninspired. Like, I don't even know why she's teaching that class. Um, Damn me, really. the, the other one is just like, I don't know. Like, I don't want to be taught philosophy by a guy who sounds like Tucker Carlson. Um, <laughs> like I swear to God, like he has this. <laughs> Like fucking like douchey delivery films. Oh god. Um, <coughs> um, but the re- like I've already spoken to my college counselor and like looked at my future schedules and that's gonna be a lot more focused around um, well film in general, but focused around directing and screenwriting. Um, and so I I don't necessarily know exactly what classes i'm going to be taking next semester um now i'm taking one called like writing the feature length um script and then hopefully i'll be taking a production class so that's like a lot of that's like part of the reason why i came to um, emerson is to take screenwriting slash production classes and then also the main element which i Came seeking for is the community, the creative community and sort of like a space to collaborate and to be inspired and to you know just witness other people's um, creations and that side of things has been very diluted through the corona and having a lot of class and everything be online. So you you don't yeah like, I don't know and even like I do hybrid. So you do go into class like once a week for each class. And like <laughs> then it's it's difficult to like connect and interact with people. Like some people just, you know, like have a mask and a beanie on so you can only see their eyes and they look straight forward because it's almost like if they look at someone and make eye contact, like it's just like natural instinct to like wanna connect with people, wanna talk with people. But, like because of Corona, some people it's like don't even want to like, let that be an option so it's like they won't even look at you and so it feels very very dystopian. dystopian yeah it feels very dystopian and then you also don't know what attitude like take because it's like emerson's a school where a lot of people take COVID precautions extremely seriously because they don't want the school to get shut down again they want to go things to go back to normal and and so like, and but I still want to make friends. I still want to find a way to hang out in a safe way, but I don't know how to approach people because I don't know how they feel about it. So it's like, it's a lot to navigate. Yeah, bro. It's a lot to navigate. Um, and then an overwhelmingly large percentage of, of guys here are, are gay. And so that's been <laughs> another thing to navigate because like, I'm like a very friendly person and like, I want to make friends. Um, I just don't want to come off I was like, uh, as like uh, I'm interested. A
2: mate. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm not saying that all of them want me. That's not what I'm saying at all. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Why
2: wouldn't they, though, you know? <laughs> the jawline is impeccable. <laughs>
0: um. So, yeah. Uh, but... Like I, I, really like, oh, like I really like the students, and like it's definitely like the environment that I was looking
2: for in uh, creative Um, well, I spent uh, a semester uh, during COVID, and now obviously I'm in France, so I'm kind of doing fully school online. But last semester, I made sure in my schedule to have all my classes be uh, that I can at least go once a week you know, because I'm the kind of student that doesn't want to sit in front of my computer at all or be home in my dorm, you know, I, I won't learn unless I have like some old person streaming at me the information in front of me. Um, And you know, I, I fe- faced the same challenges because my freshman year in college, I had uh, this one kid named Nick Valdez, shout out Nick, who um, was like my doppelganger, you know, like we didn't, ever separate and like I navigated that year socially, which is typically not an easy year with COVID or without COVID. You know, as a freshman in college, you don't understand things and like you're scared, maybe. I would say everybody to some extent is uh, because it's just a change. And without him, it would have probably been a much different, maybe worse experience. Um, But because I had him, it was kind of like this social cushion um, to, uh, you know, I felt comfortable anywhere because I knew like if I couldn't talk to that many people, I could just make fun of them with him, you know, in the, in the corner or something. Um, but then he left. So sophomore year came and my first semester, I was all alone um, with, with COVID happening. So I would say it was, it, it was a very lonely time, um, but there was, for me, it was a blessing because, you know, having spent freshman year uh, kind of engulfed in this friendship in a healthy way. Uh, you know I, I i never had that much time for myself um and so it was it was an interesting test i really wanted to take to see how nori would do alone in the large ocean of college um, and i found myself contently lonesome you know and and pleased with my solitude at times and i, I think that's very healthy and so what i suggest for you marcos which i'm sure you're doing is is uh although it might not be uh, and i'm not a partier so i never had that to fall back to or anything you know so what Mm -hmm. i suggest is um while it might be kind of depressing um for me it was completely a blessing because you don't know yourself fully unless you get to spend time with yourself fully you know if there's anybody in the room you in some facet are a different person um I think that applies for every human on the planet because you know you just have this initial level of of ice to break through with anybody, so it requires a sort of shield even to your own self in your own head. Um, and so I would I would say it's it's quite advantageous in 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 your life to have this time alone to reflect and and kind of you know learn about Marco. Uh, not to uh, say or suggest that you're you're like lonely and depressed, but that was kind of what it was like for me, in a good way.
0: <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, I mean, who wouldn't be like, to definitely to a certain degree, I am. Um, and I st- and I and I and I still struggle to like give myself the time to spend alone, especially like I I don't know. I started I started going to therapy like two months two weeks ago, and like I'm also trying to like stop smoking weed as much uh i'm like looking into like substance abuse um support and stuff like that so it's been like a very emotional time for me of like trying to move forward and like trying to let go of certain things and evolve for for my own best interest and like something i've I've struggled to do for like a really long time so like that on top of school on top of living alone in an apartment on top of my view which is a brick wall um, <laughs> on top of it's it no so King
2: Floyd bro <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, like it's been really difficult um, and right now like I've been mostly using my friend because I I, I went I went to school 20 minutes from here last year so it's like I do have friends in the, the general area but like I've been I've been like using that too much as like just like my escape from loneliness like I'll just like um uh, I, I, like it's like I, I I don't I didn't I didn't necessarily struggle in like having friends because I I do have like great friends i love them so much but they're 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 not all like they're they're a different like kind of friend like they're not they're all artsy to a certain degree but none of them are like pursuing that
1: mm.
0: like none of them are pursuing that like um none of them are
2: artists you could say they none of team
0: yeah, none of them are artists but like i mean I wouldn't say that, but none of them are like, you know, like full-time artists or like it's it's yeah. like more than just like a hobby or like just, it's not how they carry themselves. It's not how Correct. they yeah. live their everyday life with like this like sense of, you know, you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I know
2: exactly what you're talking about. And like
0: about. nothing, nothing against them because of that like right. at all but it's like when you're looking to like create stuff and collaborate and be inspired and like that's those are the kinds of people that like i want to meet like i and so (laughs) i don't want to like find new friends i just want to make more friends make different friends like expand my range of like people that i interact with and like that's been definitely limited through corona um and so it's kind of just been up to me to um, get creative and not rely on like,
1: you know, things that come easier. Yeah, companies
2: yeah I, I think, think it, uh, oh, let's go ahead, easy sorry.
1: Yeah, so I don't think there's like anything wrong with you wanting to make friends like in a more artistic community. Like if anything, that's probably why you went to Emerson. So you could like be with these like-minded people and maybe collaborate and learn stuff. And I feel like Corona has really impacted everyone in the same way as that. It's harder to like collaborate um, on projects and stuff. Like it's great that we're able to do this podcast. Like for example, you're in Boston, I'm in Miami, Nori's in France. Like this, for example, like wasn't really halted maybe for like a couple months because we got like the equipment and you had to settle in Boston and everything. But, I mean, there's definitely nothing wrong with um, wanting a set of friends that you can share your artistic ideas with. Like, doesn't mean that your friends from Northeastern, like, aren't good friends. It's just like a different kind of vibe. And like-
0: Yeah, it's a different kind of outlet. Like, it's like, I, I don't know, like, with the way that I've come to make friends over the last couple of years, have predominantly been through marijuana because that was just a big part of my life, and I feel like once I, I feel like a lot of teenagers realize that it's a way to make friends and to connect, and like I love it for that. But then you, you, you. I mean, I tended to. I, I ended up in a position where all of my plot a lot of my plans revolved around smoking and doing mm-hmm. similar to that, because that's, those are the people that I surrounded myself with. And like, and like, as much as I'd love to like share these other things that I like with them and like do a, other things with them, like, and like to a certain degree I can, but I, it's like, it's like, I don't want to force anything. I don't want to like, try to change them. I don't want to make them think that like I, that I expect something different from them. So it's like, I just want to find other people that, you know, allows- Yeah, bro. Allows other things to happen.
1: Um,
2: I was just going to comment quickly because this is really bringing me back to uh, last semester um, because I go to school uh, in uh, Fort Myers, which uh, many people, would agree is not the hub of art and culture uh, in any standard. Uh, It might be the uh, hub of white trash, but not of culture and art, which is why I was so captivated by going there. Because I got into schools in in San Francisco and, uh, you know, I don't know, I guess that's like San Diego um, and other, you know, far more sophisticated, one would say, uh, areas, but I was really interested in going to a place where I wouldn't find people like me. Um, because, you know, a, I, I love to challenge myself and, uh, you know, meeting kids, most of the kids in my school are, you know, pretty, uh, poor and local, you know, Floridian white, you know, like the, the that kind of individual, which, I would never say are the kind of people I would A, hang out with, honestly, or B, um, feel I could connect with, because, you know, different backgrounds on a socioeconomic, on a racial, on a uh, interest level. Um, But, you know, after uh, spending a year or so there, I can say my opinion has not changed much. I am not that close with that crowd. But I mean, I found a couple people here and there um, who do share interests, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a music producer, so I can't stop thinking every five seconds about, you know, songs or ideas or, you know, concepts or things I want to, you know, pursue in the music world. And so I there I've met a couple of local producers and everything. But I, I completely resonate with you, Marco, because I have found it really hard to, you know, connect on that deep level, on a, on, on the deep level of on personally speaking, because as an artist, it's 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 not just like an interest for me or um you know like a hobby it's who i am and finding people who have that same bedrock because it's not a superficial thing where i like you know flying kites on the on sunday it's it's kind of like this i can't stop thinking about it i can't wait to get out of class to go to my dorm to write you know these chords down or something um and to find people like that is is in a community that I lived in in Fort Myers was really difficult. Um, so I just wanted to comment and say that I fully understand the position you're in. and and it also demotivated me to want to make friends because I felt like I don't do drugs anymore. Um, and I don't like partying, which is most of what I think they're uh, maybe on a stereotypical mindset, what I think you know some of their interests are. So for me, it was like, I don't even want to get to know this person walking down the street, you know, I just can't wait to go back to my dorm and like, you know, produce something or something, something like that. So it kind of motivated a sense of loneliness um, and demotivated social interaction, you know, doubled with COVID and everything. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Um, there's a quote that I forgot who um... the quote is by but it was like in solitude uh, that's when your mind is the most imaginative and I feel like that's that's very true especially like in in music and in art because those are the times that you know you have no like exterior stimuli it's just you and your thoughts and like you really get to think about whatever it is you want to do and sometimes like it's just like out of nothing you get an idea to do something but i think for there's like a an upside and a downside for like uh creators during this um this pandemic the downside is obviously like having a community of people to to express these ideas with is harder but like the upside is having the time and and place because like we we all have like our our rooms marco has an apartment you know um we have the time and the place and the opportunity to like think of these new ideas so i don't know something you said about being alone that motivated you just like resonated with me on that
0: totally um the 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 first little taste that i got of of, of meeting somebody, of like hanging out with somebody like that, where I just feel like, um, you know, like where you're both just very like inspired about um, life and like art and vice versa, where you just like, can just like talk about like a million things and like, it can, you could go on forever. It was like, I, I was actually Paolo Pastor I I hung out with him like a week ago or two weeks ago. Um, he's been in he's been in California for like two weeks visiting his girlfriend, but I saw him like the day before he left. And I mean, I I just didn't realize how much like we hadn't spoken in like five years. <laughs> like every conversation we've had over the last years has basically just been like so surface level that like. We just had like an insane amount of things to just catch up on, and I mean, like it was just very exciting to see. Like, I mean, he's like grown a lot since I knew him in ninth grade, and I've grown a lot since he knew me in ninth grade. And so, just kind of like rekindling and like, um, and like I mean, if you saw if we hung out and just talked in his in his loft, and if you saw his loft, you'd know why I'm saying this. It's like. It's like drip down. It's like every single like with like a billion posters about like movies, music, like design, pop culture. Just like a very and it's like it's all like very in your face. Like you can't escape editions all around. So I was like, I was like in there and I I was like, yo, and you get back from California? Can I please just come right in here? <laughs> I was like, I need to get <laughs> That's great. Um, so we talked a little bit about me, but I wanna—I really want to know what France has done for you creatively, because, I mean, that's for a very long time. I feel like that's what Paris and kind of what France has represented is kind of just like this hub of art and yeah expression and misery and beauty i don't know it's like a lot of it's just like very very heavy stuff very heavy history and so like how do, how has like being around that like just like inspire you
2: yeah fun? bro um well on on the plane to to paris i produced a beat uh that i was like damn this is kind of hard and um then when i landed i started just writing in my phone like ideas for a song and um, once I started walking around uh, the streets I like came up with this song which is titled Paris uh, and it's like a rap song and it's like I don't know it's unexpectedly chill and like uh, you know just vibey um, and I decided to record it in like a I just I have my mic that I'm talking to with you guys right now and like that's just a mic I bring everywhere so I just recorded like the song in like my closet and um, wrote about paris and you know like the streets and like people here and everything and and i started and i'm almost done filming a music video for it um so literally something about the air like it, it's true the second i got off the plane i felt extremely inspired to you know use the environment around me in my art um and so i'm almost done with this video it's like me rapping in front of the eiffel tower <laughs> uh, it's really cool um, And uh, yeah, I mean, you guys will see that soon. But I mean, every day I feel extremely inspired in a way that I I don't usually. And it's funny because what I've noticed about my creative process is I'm usually most inspired when there's no stimuli around me. Like I've made some, personally speaking, some of my favorite songs in like my garage in my house, which is disgusting and like industrial and gross. And there's like, like chemicals leaking everywhere and like rats like humping each other behind my computer um and i i found that for whatever reason is like the most inspirational for me but then i guess things in psychologically have changed in that regard since i've walked around paris because the city and everything it just makes you want to become like a writer and like talk about things and the food and shit in your books um so and and also Uh, Now that you're talking about this and and how this place has inspired me. um, Now that I'm in Chamonix, which, you know, it's literally the house I'm in, you look outside the window and like right in your face is Mont Blanc, which is the tallest mountain in Europe. Um, And it's this kind of like tiny ski town. Uh, it's, It's really dope and beautiful. And there's a lot of tourists here because, you know, it's like the ski city of the world. Uh, at least i think um like my first day here i just started sampling a bunch of sounds of like the church bells and the birds and uh the helicopters of like the ski mountains and shit and i made this and i'm still working but like i made this song which i think i might release soon uh called the sounds of chamonix it's like this like chill instrumental with some cool like sound effects of the city uh, and I think it's very French sounding too, um, but yeah. I mean, it, go ahead.
0: How do you record sound? Like, what do you? Use?
2: Oh, I use my iPhone. Okay. Like voice memos.
0: And yeah, because I've I've been, because I feel like that's that's somewhere where like our mediums overlap is that mm. we're just very we can like become very inspired by just like natural like sounds of the environment and like wanting. A hundred percent layer that into the feel of the of the project and yeah and like and like yeah sometimes i record things with my phone but i was just i was just wondering if like how that's resulted in like quality of the recordings well
2: yeah uh, i mean real good producers they have this uh device i don't know what it's called but it's like a it looks like a geiger counter or something and it has like these yeah i don't don't know what you're doing yeah yeah it has Yeah, yeah, Um, it's like this cool device you just point to anything and it gives you really good quality sound but it's cool that we're talking about this because this is to me like one of the most incredible beautiful things about my life um, is this experience of extrapolating sounds from the world around me and throwing them into this soup of creative nori which is my music in my opinion it's like just my head in one listenable moment um and what what really got me into producing music in the first place besides acid was walking around nature uh and taking sounds of like rocks falling off of a fucking i don't know and like trees shuffling in the wind and leaves and shit and taking these sounds and throwing them into my laptop and like trying to make it Match the cohesive idea I have in my head, and like that process to me is so innately artistic and and so important, and because it, it really connects me um, to myself and my ideas, but also to the world that I feel I'm often disconnected from. So, like the process that I'm talking about of taking these sounds, it like it lets me it makes me feel like i'm hearing the world in a in a way that i would never be able to you know what i'm saying
0: yeah i totally
2: <laughs> where are you moving to <laughs>
0: wow this is let's talk you. this is let's talk buddy, <laughs> man. we don't give a fuck. <laughs> we <have a> toilet <laughs> right
2: I feel like i'm peaking in my life right now <laughs> Um, wow,
0: you know, yeah, that, that was beautiful, um, for sure. I, had, I I had a thought over there a couple of minutes ago, and um. Wait, by the way,
2: Marco's taking a shit. That's why we're saying what we're saying. I mean, we need people to know the context. <laughs> um,
0: so 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 like you you you've been getting into rap lately. You've been like. I remember reading something on your story. I think you read like something like, I can't stop making rap songs and shit like that. Like you were just like on a wave where you couldn't, you couldn't stop. Um, Yeah. And, and I've heard a lot, I've heard a lot of, I've heard some of your samples of your rap songs and I've seen kind of how your lyricism has progressed and your flows and your rhythms and sort of your (laughs) understanding of, of rap and like i feel like you fall you don't fall under a certain category but it's because it, it's sort of like an it's sort of an ambiguous category yeah i feel like you fall under like an ambiguous category of like rappers where like mm-hmm. throw some names out there and and i think these rappers lie in a similar realm where you would lie like ybn corday um, That's a
2: that's a massive compliment.
0: Chance to rapper like all these people uh, like that, you know, would be considered corny, you know, because 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 they're talking about things that like they actually care about and like yeah, and I feel like that's gonna be a big struggle for somebody like you, Um, and for anybody who wants to produce substance that is meaningful to them while at the same time entertaining you know and like yeah giving something giving people something that they they choose to listen to on the spot like um and so let's say like what, what, how would you respond to like I'm not I'm not calling you corny but I'm saying like you're definitely like, under the realm where you're susceptible to being called corny, just be- just because you're a sensitive, yeah. you're a sensitive dude. How, how would you respond to that? As an artist,
2: um, well, I think it's 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 fair for people to think that, and for people to think it's a struggle uh, mentally when making things to fear that I'm, you know, in in corny land and I'm writing these lyrics and they kind of sound corny and whatever. But ultimately it's like my greatest accomplishment is not being able to make normal music. You know, I've sat at my computer for hours, trying to make, just to see if I'm capable of making something that I've could hear on the radio or like something more generic. And every time I try, I end up with this fucking, like, I don't even know, like, this weird thing that ultimately has proven to me that I'm not capable of, of, of being, you know, ingenuine and I'm not capable of not staying true to myself uh, in life and my music. And um, I would say it's normal for someone to think I'm corny, but I would also say they probably have terrible taste in music. Um, <laughs> and I don't know, I, I, I think it fuels me to some extent because uh, it just reminds me you know i'm not you know falling into like i don't know like i fuck bitches get money n-word n-word you know like every other little something nowadays <laughs> and you know it's cool like i totally get that I have mad respect for music no matter what uh, of all forms um but the the raps that i'm writing i think are so true to myself and you know sometimes i i do rap about like sex and and shit like that you know just money and all these things but ultimately it's it it, there is like a sense of uh fear when when i do those kind of lyrics um and it i always come back to my normal self eventually like recently like two days ago i literally wrote this rap about this song called nature um about like hugging a tree which i know sounds so bad but I wrote it in a way like tying it into this like sexual analogy that I thought was really clever. Um,
0: oh <laughs> ride a bike.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, I, like I I wouldn't <laughs> I, I wouldn't take those comments so seriously. I think in a way it's a compliment.
0: Uh, I I had another thought while you were speaking, was that like those people that are named, like let's say like like super duper Kyle's kind of another person that's like, you know, he's goofy. He likes to, he doesn't like to just like produce um, what's popular. But would you say that like these rappers that do end up kind of getting the label of corny, would you say it's because they never chose a lane And what I mean by that is they were in this struggle of like producing things that they cared about and they felt like was a true representation of like how they felt about things and still trying to like entertain people and sound somewhat like mainstream music. Do you think that them choosing to like stick their foot in both somewhat compromised their message or their their art and that's why people people hear that and they're like they can tell that something's off like they're like trying to be something that they're not
2: well i think that is a prominent in my work um not that the stuff i published but in the stuff i'm working on is sometimes you know you know rap is kind of a scary thing to start doing because the concept of being a rapper has not really changed for decades. You know, it's still this like tough shell, like, I don't know, asshole, narcissistic thing, personality one must have, you know, where you have to go onto a beat and literally talk about yourself for three minutes. Um, And I think the image of being a rapper has not really changed, which is why I've felt throughout a lot of my songs, like that pressure that we're talking about of kind of, you know, jumping into the lane that everybody jumps into. Uh, and I, I haven't felt, but when listening to Kyle or Corday or anything that they've really compromised, um, but rather fine tuned their message to reach a wider audience. Cause I think that that's a, a different thing. like. They might have ideas like myself and songs like myself that they want to reach larger audiences. So sure they'll put, you know, 808s in, in hi-hats on their song and make it more pop culture friendly. Um, but you know, I I personally haven't thought of the word compromise um, ever in, in, in my producing process or since I've started, because for me I had not personally ever worried deeply about making things that most people want to he- hear, because the, the I listen to my music more than I listen to any other music, because ultimately it's like music that I love the most, you know? Um, with my first album, like I, I think on a production level there's a lot of flaws in it because I was, you know, just starting to produce music, but I never felt the need to make something in a project that... I wouldn't personally want to listen to, or that would, you know, bend to what the public might want to hear or what they might think is like hard or dope, you know? Like I think the most powerful music and the best artists are the ones that obviously stay true to themselves. Like that's why we like, for me personally, I love Kanye's album Yeezus because it's like most people hate that album or think it's crazy, um, which it is. but. For me, it's literally like the dopest fucking piece of art I've ever experienced because it's, it's like music completely from his head with like the, it's like if he put like a, a tunnel or a wire straight from his head into his computer and just shout out like blood on the leaves and fucking bound to, and all these songs, I am a God or whatever it's called, like all these songs straight from him and there's no obstacles or there's no filters or fears and like to me that's that album speaks to me so much in all my music because it's exactly what i wish to accomplish one day is that fear or that that ability to make you like that album to me was exactly what i think kanye west was at that time without any obstacles or anything i think that's the most powerful kind of art there is and the most powerful music eventually or inevitably one would make i don't know if that answered the question but whatever
1: (laughs) (laughs) so what do you say that um that album uses is like the prime uh like kind of influencer and your motivation to reach that kind of level of just like all your thoughts all your
2: emotions just pouring them into music in that way Yeah, I I think like conceptually, that album was the most important album I've ever listened to in my life. Because, you know, I don't have like, I don't want to make the same sounds and uh, make things that sound just like that. For me, that's not why it was so sick, like it was entirely dope because of what I felt was the energy behind it. Um, And so I, I would say that's my greatest aspiration as a human being is to reach that level of rawness and and fearlessness and identity you know and i've i've found so many people and i think i'm I'm very egocentric as a person to begin with uh and i've just found for the past couple years so many people are so afraid to be who they are deep down that they themselves don't even know who they are they have no idea who they are they haven't had the time to investigate who they are or care to because they're so afraid of not being someone else you know what i'm saying um and i guess this is why people would call me corny because i think these kind of things but i i think ultimately i, I i've experienced this like so many people are so afraid of not being like everyone else um and i think that reflects in music and in every facet of art and culture and humanity and how people dress and what they do and how they talk, you know? And I, th- I think that's been a great struggle for me personally throughout my life is because I've always been able to see this from the outside in a way most people haven't. I've seen how people carry themselves and have noticed the patterns among the sheep of this world. Um, and even if sometimes I also fall into, you know, the crowd, which is normal because we're humans and I'm not a a God or anything. Um, (laughs) But, uh, you know, I've just been able throughout my life to see it. And I think this position I have, which most people I think are are, are all capable of, but are personally incapable of of doing, being able to see it has, has like shown me and made me never want to fit that mold. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and it, it's been a burden to me because I've always felt like unattached or distant from the mass because I feel like I don't fit in that well or something like that, but yeah. Um, I
0: know it was really nice, it was really nice just listening to you all over the last like, 10 minutes. Um, I don't don't know how much we've been going on for like over an hour now Um, so the last track of time you guys you guys want to keep going or what's
2: your vibe I'm okay with whatever you guys want I'm enjoying this is it good
1: I mean as of right now I don't have any questions but I might if we honestly I don't know
0: um let's see um, so you talked about you talked a little bit about how like the ideas of like how like you said oh i, I don't want to make like certain kind of rap music that just like sort of like is very cookie cutter like you have the drugs you have the sex you have like gangster you have like all these sort of tropes um and you said yeah like sometimes yeah i'll talk about sex like i'll do these things but it's like i feel like i feel like there's so much more to like the reasons of like why you're putting things in there and how you're putting things in there it's like like sex drugs like all these things like they're very real um they're part of people's lives and um i think it just like how, how do you how do you is there a special care that you take when you are gonna talk about something that's like like sex that's very, that's very easily can be just like very crude and raunchy and just like come off as like, come off as just like distasteful, as opposed to like, you know, somebody like J. Cole, who on several occasions raps about sex, but like, when he does it, like he's like his wordplay, like you know, he's just like his double entendres, like all that shit. You after he's he done it, you're like, oh shit, <laughs> you know, like, like, um how thoughtful are you when it comes to things like that?
2: Um, well, there 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 are two types of rap songs that I make. There's rap songs that I are who, who you know my thoughts exactly and like really proud of the lyricism and wordplay and then there's rap songs that I'm concerned solely on the feeling one would get from listening uh you know like the vibe of the song not so much like you know reading between the lines and all these like in-depth analysis so like when I'm writing if I make a beat that's like really dope and I just want to like hear this melody um with my voice on it I won't be really concerned about what i'm writing so much um and i think that untethers my uh lyricism from my brain and more from just like my my feeling and my heart i guess and so it's solely just like what i like it's like a stream of consciousness thing um and so when i do that typically my lyrics and i'm also like new to writing in general so like i don't have years of experience doing this anyways um, but i found my lyrics in that kind of stream of consciousness rap to be like you know much more basic i guess um, but when i do write about um you know put a much more thought into my writing on a, on a beat that's more you know introspective and uh inspires contemplation I, I, I definitely think I write or I aspire to write in the J. Cole format, uh, who is, I would definitely say one of my biggest influences in, in role models, no pun intended, um, in in my lyricism. <laughs> um, and uh, so, yeah, I think when I, I have this song, for example, that's called uh, Red and Blue Lights. Um, and it's about me driving it's kind of funny but it's it's also like serious i guess it's about me driving so fast to get pussy that i i get the cops behind me so (laughs) there's like red and blue lights in my car (laughs) and and then i get there and then i don't have a condom so like the whole it's kind of it's a story um and I, i can't wait for you guys to hear it one day um but yeah so I don't know. I love taking those like pussy money things and like flipping them on their on its head and like finding funny and like nori ways about it. Because I'm I I would say I, I I am socially comedic at heart, and I think that reflects my music because I I love making you know normally tough things like funny because it's like I don't know it's just funny to me. So yeah.
0: Yeah, that that, 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 that like, answers my, my question perfectly. And, like, also, like, I feel like jokes are very similar to music in that sense. Because, like, I mean, I suppose this is very prevalent now, like, the world of, like, memes and jokes and stuff. Like, sometimes you just see a meme or a joke that is, like, there's not enough joke to it, you know? It's, like, it's too, like... I guess it's sort of like relying on like that absurdist humor of like how the hell, like that, that was so absurd but like I would have never expected that person to say that. That's why it's funny. But it's like, it relies too much on that and not enough on like the substance of the joke or like, I mean, clever wordplay or like a certain tone or like, I don't know, like something that makes it funny, you know, like, like, mm. like, like, I don't know, like, you know, like you could, I'm, I'm sure you could make i'm sure you can let's say somebody has like relatives who died in 9-11 not pete davidson pete doesn't count. um i'm sure you could go up to them and make like a very clever 9-11 joke and you have a chance of making them wrong but like, you know what i'm saying like jokes sort of like have, have a way of delivering something where it's more than just about what it's talking about you know it's like it's about that little story like that like like you just said like that whole thing about like the condom and like that like it's just like that makes it so much more interesting that makes it so much more like not just like hey I'm fucking like look at me I'm a big man I'm fucking like I'm yeah it just like it completely like subverts that
2: yeah and I think like music jokes are are what connect us all on this world that we live in, earth. <laughs> um, and I, I definitely agree with everything you're saying um, because I I, I I don't even think when I'm writing this shit like that what I'm writing is funny or it's a joke. Um, because for me, this is genuinely how I absorb this information to begin with. You know, like when I think about or hear rappers talking about fucking, like for me, I just immediately go to like, what would be embarrassing or funny about that experience you know so like it was it's very natural for me to like write stuff like that um and like i don't know it i definitely agree with you and the power of jokes and memes are endless and for me they're on the same level um at least not in 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 our society as music is in the importance of how we think and absorb information
1: yeah and um in music specifically whenever like there's a joke or a little pun or irony in music at least for me that makes the song to me so much better because it's like it's something clever you know like like what marco what marco mentioned before like is this little like little reference little thing that you know to the it, to some people like they might not even notice it, but then other people like they know exactly what like the artist is saying And it's like it's funny that that kind of thing in music when you combine like like these um, Abstract things like metaphors irony and shit and you put it in the music It's just to me beautiful.
0: Like, I feel like a really good example This is Mona Lisa by Will Wayne. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like, I mean, like, the, the song speaks for itself, but like, yeah, like, it takes all, like, it just makes a story out of, out of like the life of, like, a gangster. And like, it does it in, like, an extremely interesting way.
2: <laughs> that song is genuinely one of the best songs ever, A, and B, one of the biggest inspirations for me making rap. Continue.
0: The song or Lil
2: Wayne? Both, dude. Both. I sometimes spend hours reading Lil Wayne lyrics. <laughs> um, I do. Lil, I'll tell you my, my favorite rapper lyric lyricists are Lil Wayne, J. Cole, and I guess Kanye. But Lil Wayne is so fucking clever, bro. Yeah.
0: Um have you oh, oh two questions um well i i heard a rumor i don't know if it's like a myth about, about little wayne that like he never like actually or not never he like rarely ever writes down his own songs and just like just like has them off yeah the, i've heard that too yeah off the dome and like just like improvs a lot of the time uh just like freestyles and like a lot of the freestyles end up being like verses and like a full song sometimes. Um yeah, I, I don't know if you mean about that. Um my other question was, have you heard uh either of the last two Eminem albums music to be noted by?
2: Yeah, I've heard um I haven't fully heard them, but I've heard songs from both of them. Um but I'll answer your first question too. Um If you ask my immediate friends, they will say um, that probably one of their least favorite things about me uh, (laughs) is the fact that I freestyle rap to them like non-stop for years, for years. Like before I even knew how to produce a song, I've been freestyle because it, I don't know, It's something about deep in my character, it's just like the greatest thing ever and i i make a lot of my raps that way I, I i think a lot of rappers do like I'll freestyle i i made two songs like this where i i spent an hour just recording and recording over and over different freestyles until i narrowed down um you know like the lyrics that i liked, which i'm sure is what uh lil wayne does as well but yeah what, what were you going to say about the eminem albums because i've heard some um i don't
0: know i just like i, I i've heard them and like i just I just felt like they were very interesting sonically. Like, they were very experimental. And, like, um, just, like, there's one, I listened to the whole thing once, but there's one song that I kept listening to. It's called Darkness. It's the one about the Las Vegas shooting. Have you heard Um, that? I
2: haven't heard that one, no.
0: Check it out, like, and, like, blast it. Like, like I don't know. It, it's like really intense. It's like really fucking intense. And like, but also like, like you like you hear like this fucking bar about like from the perspective of somebody in the crowd that's being shot out from Las Vegas, and like you'll hear like gunshots like in the song, and then you huh. the bar, and you're like, on one hand, like that's so sad. That's so terrifying but oh, goddamn! What a fucking bar. Like you're like you're like you're experiencing it while also just being like impressed by like the craftsmanship. Um, and like I yeah, just want yeah. to yeah.
2: Eminem, Eminem's got mad craftsmanship, mad craftsmanship. He's his lyrics lyrics are incredible, but i found his latest music is, in my opinion, pretty pretty shit. Um, because it it feels like he's forcing himself to like uh you know be hip with the kids uh and i don't know it just like pisses me off but um early eminem is literally like he's made i i remember hearing some of his early stuff recently again because you know you hear it as a kid and then you you know you probably get back to it later and as a producer now every song i hear is completely different to me than how it was before I, i knew how to produce music um, cause I'll, I'll have a, you know, a heightened appreciation for the sound choice and the percussion and everything like that, but listening to his early stuff with like, it's, you know, that were produced by Dre and like all these like incredible instrumentals and things like his early work, it sounded like music from another dimension. If you listen to, if you genuinely take your time and listen to some of uh, like, uh, let me pull up Spotify so I can like tell you specifically, um, there's a couple songs I also wanna throw it your way. Um my, my internet's shit, so it's not gonna load. Like if you if you listen to uh, some of his early works in the early two thousands, like the guy was like making shit that I have not heard since or before on instrumentally and, and lyrically. Yeah.
0: Is there like a specific album um...
2: Yeah, um, okay, it's loading. One second. Let's see. I mean, the classic Eminem show album, I think there's like four songs in there that I've listened to. Like, Soldier's Insane. Um, Let's see. Curtains Close, I love. So much, it's really unique. Uh, I would say, I would say, Soldier's like incredible, and and White America's dope. But I mean, just you, you you'll hear if you just listen to that album, Which the show? instrumentals are wild. Um, The Eminem Show, I, I think it might be his first on Spotify. I think the only one I really
0: know is. Which one? Without me to like collapse. Oh yeah. So what you say?
2: Um so, I like, collapse is a classic.
0: And so I I I have a fuck ton of homework to do so. I wanna start wrapping this up a little bit. But Sure. I wanna I wanna know a little bit about like what like you you're definitely going somewhere with this i don't have a doubt in my mind uh that you are and i know that you don't have a clue where you're going either but where, where would you like to go like what what how would you like to work in the future how would you like what what are certain i know you i'm sure you have a billion goals but what are some goals that just like stick out from the others and it's just like you know
2: yeah like, well i don't have the classic uh, uh, as I'm, we've discussed like dream of like being little baby that I'm, sh- I'm sure millions of kids around miami have um for me my biggest aspiration is to be able to work with the top artists in the music industry and and be able to sit with them and, and be credible and and respected in that regard you know what i mean um, I want to be able to work with like Toro Imoy and Tame Impala and all these producers or and Tame Impala, Kevin Park, I guess, but all these producers that I have so much respect for and Kanye and be able to learn from them. And that's my dream is to be able to be able to like follow them and learn from them. Uh, and also personally, like with my own music, I want like everybody who makes music and art for it to be, you know, on a wider scale and for millions of people to listen to it and everything but my day-to-day goal is to be able to meet and work with these artists that i have in mind and to learn about the music process for them and make music with them you know that's my dream is to just make like dope ass music with these artists which i think i if i could meet them today i'm sure i could be able to but i mean the journey to get there is what i'm most excited for Mm -hmm.
0: and i feel like i feel like that that, um, that respect and that credibility that, that a lot of these people have comes, comes from like, when, when the level of your experience like speaks for itself and when your, your work speaks, speaks for itself. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like,
2: mm-hmm.
0: like when one, like, you know, like, you don't have to come, like, when you have that credibility, when you have that uh, respect, like you don't have to like convince anybody to like, like your shit. You don't have to like, you don't have to like plead anybody to like give you a chance. Like, like if any, like they want to work with you because like they fuck with your music, they fuck with what you can do.
2: Right.
0: Uh, and I don't, yeah. I don't have a doubt in my mind that, that you're, you're on your way.
2: Um, Thank you, Marco. Me
1: too yeah um your music already speaks for itself so i think um i think in music that's uh, like we said before it could be considered corny but i i don't really think that way i think uh, you're you're gonna get places and the good thing about the musical community is that once you kind of make a name for yourself a bunch of people like want to collab and like embark on these all these different type of projects so i think it's very possible
0: um Nori, as we're heading into the final moments of let's talk episode is it episode eight nine whatever i want to want
1: to
0: uh As we come to the last moment, we are bestowing upon you the honor to give us the song of the day and movie of the day. You there, (laughs) bro? We lost him.
1: Dude. Yeah, it's episode nine. Oh, dude, he really did.
0: Should we wait like two seconds get to, him to come back?
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna send him an email again. I guess.
0: No episode though. Yeah, for
1: real. I liked it.
0: pros. Fuck this mic.
1: Dude, for real.
0: <laughs> oh, I think we got different ones.
1: Yeah, we did, but they both sound pretty nice.
0: Yeah.
1: Um yeah no I, no I literally feel like a, this this makes me feel like a <laughs> podcast pimp
0: uh, you, you know I actually met um, Sophie, Sophie Adago, mm-hmm. uh to at BU and she has a friend a BU that I met the other day who's a junior mm-hmm. he runs like a somewhat popular podcast um,
1: what's it called?
0: Um, it's called where's this going and he has like let's see on. Um, it doesn't it doesn't say anything about like monthly listeners on spotify but on instagram he has like 23k 10. but like off from the podcasting like you can kind of see like, like it's like somewhat like professional like, Oh
1: yeah, that's awesome.
0: Like and he gets like he gets like former like mafia members, like he gets like MMA people, he gets like some like rappers. I don't know. He he's doing he's doing what we're doing, like I'd say like one or two
1: levels like not yeah It's just pretty interesting. It's pretty dope. Yeah, like,
0: like, like I, I asked him, like, a billion questions about his podcast and, like, I was super interested in it and I was like, so yeah, I have a little podcast for me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I think um, Nori's Wi-Fi went out, but it's coming back, so.
0: We'll give him two more minutes, if yeah. not, not, to call him and get you to call him and um, here, should I like WhatsApp call him and like get him to talk through my phone?
1: <laughs> but I think he doesn't have Wi-Fi. Like I don't well yeah, try, try. Oh there he is.
2: Yo, I'm sorry. He's back. Don't worry,
1: don't worry about it.
2: Did, did, you hear,
0: did you hear my final proposition?
2: I I heard uh you saying that you think I'm gonna go far, which I greatly appreciate, and then easy started saying something, and then it cut off. So I don't know if I got your proposition.
0: Uh, My proposition was just that we're coming to the end of episode eight or nine. I'm not sure which one we're at, but it's time to uh, give the audience a song and a movie of the day, and that honor is bestowed upon you, A
2: song and movie that what? Of the day. Of the day. Oh, oh, shit. Uh, but, okay Here's the song of the day so- Song of the day is uh, Swan by Nori Ehrenfeld um, And on Movie of the
0: day, day is Huh? On all streaming <laughs> platforms
2: And then some oh. uh, And TikTok Make TikToks with my songs uh, And the movie of the day Is Interstellar, classic.
0: Um. Well, thank you for, for giving us those recommendations. Um. I can I can guarantee you that we'll have you on several times uh, throughout the next couple of years. Hopefully, we keep doing this. Uh, sure. We get to see you grow. We get to see uh, what new things are up to. And uh, hopefully soon, we'd love to interview Emma if she would be down uh, to join us as well.
2: Um, she would. She would love to be interviewed.
0: <laughs> um, she's.
2: She's standing right next to me, so I just. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh,
2: she. She's gonna come say hi. Say hi to the mic. What happened to your screen? Hi. I, I can't hear. I can't see, see you. Oh, uh, uh, <laughs>
0: Um, so, <laughs> Actually, high, okay. Oh,
1: okay.
2: <laughs> All right. No worries. Keep going.
1: I'm
0: not just, like, joining us. I had, a, I had a time. For, uh,
2: thank you for having me. I love you guys and good luck with your homework, Marco.
1: And thank you for tuning in and we'll see you in the next episode of Let's talk.